my skin was at its worst literally and I think I was just really really sick of living this hidden life I just wanted to be truthful I think this is also my core value in terms of how I live my life I've always been very truthful with the people around me and myself and the fact that I had to hide this part of me that really makes a huge part of me you know my psoriasis life is basically 90% of my life and if you don't know my psoriasis journey means also you don't know me and I just wanted to be truthful I just wanted to live authentically truthfully and I just wanted to be myself that was basically it Today's guest on the Explore This podcast is Rocky Wong. Rocky Wong speaks right to the soft spot where our deepest pain and deepest hope meet. The place where in the bleakest of nights we whisper, why and how can life be this difficult, painful, yet beautiful all at once? And there are some secrets we'll rather not tell, but it could eat us alive. And in this case, the secret that Rocky has kept for more than 10 years was that of her psoriasis condition. Her closest friends had no idea about this double life that she was living as she hid this autoimmune skin disease from them. It's taken Rocky a long time, but she's slowly but surely on the road to finding purpose and self-acceptance in her chronic pain as she redefines strength and beauty on her own terms. Today, Rocky champions a few different initiatives that aim to provide support and empower those who are battling skin conditions like herself. She is the founder of Safe Space, an avenue focusing on individual emotional healing and personal development. She has also established So Good, an experimental effort where she shares about her food adventure with an emphasis on the knowledge of healthy eating. This is a wonderful conversation with Rocky and we hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Hi! This is Janice. And I'm Sarah N. And we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern-day working professional. Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally. Hi, Rocky. We're so grateful for the chance to catch up with you today as we learn more about psoriasis and your journey in finding purpose and self-acceptance in pain. Good morning, guys. Very, very happy to be here and very excited to share my story and my journey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and we're super excited to hear from you as well. And for the purposes of our listeners who might not know what psoriasis is, and I'm sure this is a question you get all the time, but we have to start with the basics and we want you to share with our audience what is psoriasis and how did you discover this? Psoriasis is basically a chronic autoimmune skin condition, but it doesn't only affect the skin. It also affects all your nails and your joints as well. So if you have it on your skin, it's um, red, flaky. Sometimes it can be swollen and it can be also painful as well. Sometimes it also contains pus because there are also different types of skin psoriasis. Where else if you have a nail psoriasis, your nail could be deformed and your nail can be, it can feel very tender and slightly painful. And if you have it on your joint, it's really all it's really just exactly like arthritis. So we call it psoriatic arthritis. So all in all, we actually refer to like all three of these three types of psoriasis. We usually call it psoriatic disease. How did you discover that you had psoriasis? 
So when I was younger, I used to have a very bad dandruff problems. And for many, many years, I thought it was just like, you know, normal dandruff problems. So I used a lot of dandruff shampoo, all these like hair products. But eventually, over the years, it, I mean, the progress was so slow. Like eventually, it started to itch and I would go to bed and wake up and with my um, fingernails filled with blood and my pillow like filled with blood stain as well. So then I realized, hey, maybe it's not normal. And then by chance, my, a family friend of mine wanted to introduce a product to me. And they kind of like had a look at my scalp and they were like, oh my God, it's like an open wound on the whole of a scalp. This is not normal because it was actually very painful for me to even shower for many years. It's not normal, guys. If it's painful for you to shower, it's not normal. <laughs> so then because of that, my parents kind of like panicked. So we went to see a doctor, a very famous skin doctor in KL. And that's when I got my first official diagnosis of psoriasis, which wasn't a very pleasant experience as well, if I may say so. I can only empathize. And how old were you then? I was 14 years old. And you've been having this for a while, but only at 14 when you officially knew what it was and kind of figured it out and put it all together. And I assume before that, you've never even heard the term psoriasis before. No, no way. Because I think at a point of time, the awareness for skin condition wasn't as prevalent as it is right now. Like if you go, as, like there, there wasn't even social media, like it was all magazines and newspaper and nobody ever want to put a picture of themselves out there looking like that, right? And for many, many years, I was obsessed about, you know, clear skin, nice skin. And I mean, I have nice skin. It's just when the psoriasis came to my life and everything just changed. And yeah, it was a very challenging um, journey to go through at that point of time. A lot of uh, judgment, a lot of shame, a lot of uh, anxiety, as also a lot of societal shame. And also part of it also came from my parents as well. So looking back, it was a lot for a 14-year-old to handle. What was going through your mind at that point of time when you got that diagnosis? At a point of time, I think I, I didn't want to accept the fact that it has no cure because the first thing that the healthcare professional told me was that psoriasis has no cure. And you know, in Southeast Asia, there were so many types of all these um, treatment options. We have traditional Chinese medication, Ayurveda. We also have the conventional treatments. So I think I was just very hung up on like each treatment and the hope that all these treatments gave me. And I feel like for a large part of my younger life, I really, really felt like I was living my life as a lab rat. And that like I was constantly on different types of treatments and I had no break. <laughs> So it was a very tiring journey also. I can only imagine as a 14-year-old, you're like going to school and on your mind at the time, it's all these like teenage angst and you're navigating all these different new experiences. But for you, your life as a 14-year-old was vastly different from all of your friends. So what was that like, you know, between the age of um, 14 to the age of 24, for instance, could you kind of describe to us what was that kind of life that you were having, navigating friendships, navigating family, and having to handle all of these treatments on the sites and, you know, as well as school? How was that like? I think I just, I was trying my best to be normal. 
to seem normal, to look normal. And I've always been very outgoing, very loud, very opinionated. And like you would say, I had this, I have this like very bubbly personality and also very, very confident. That's what people know me as in school. Like, oh my God, Rod is here. You can hear her voice before you see her face. <laughs> so that's me, you know? So I think in school, I just wanted to be accepted. And I, I think in school, it was pretty straightforward. Like, wanted to be accepted. And also, I just wanted to be pretty. <laughs> that's it. I like, when you were younger, what do you want? You just wanted to be pretty, right? <laughs> I mean, apart from studying, that was my main priority as well. Yeah, so like I was busy covering up and then I would be wearing like baju kurung, you know, because the baju kurung in Malaysia is a traditional school uniform. So it's long sleeve, so it's like all covered up. And at the point of time, I didn't have on my face or any parts of my skin that is easily seen. So it was easy for me to hide. So I was really like normal. But when I came home, that's when I like in the shower, taking off my clothes, looking at myself in the mirror, that's when I realized, oh, oh, I have psoriasis and come back home, looking at all these medications on the table, looking at the food that I should or shouldn't take and all my experiences traveling all around Malaysia, even overseas to go see doctors and having my hopes really like mountain high and then I came crashing down again and again. So I really felt that like I was living a double life there was a lot of moments where I would just cry myself to sleep and just, I was really dealing with a lot of rejection. I just was really rejecting this side of me. I didn't know how to accept and I hated, I hated myself. Like, like why, why do I have this? And the fact that like, I, I think I've always been a very independent person. And the fact that because of this condition, you really feel like you are a burden for your family. So that was very, very hard to deal with it as well. And seeing your parents doing everything that they can, but like it seems like nothing is, nothing is getting better. So that was also a lot to deal with because you don't want to be the source of your parents' pain. You, know? you want to be their happiness. And knowing that you are their pain, you're just like, oh, yeah. I can only imagine the roller coaster of emotions that you're experiencing at that very tender age. When we talk about being a teenager, there are so many highs that we want to enjoy about and the innocence of that teenage life. But for you, it was so vastly different. And the emotions you must have felt range from feeling bad to guilt to shame. I can recognize that it was a lot. I think I was just coping with it. I was just busy distracting myself. Like I was feeling it, but I didn't know what I was feeling. Looking back, I was just angry, frustrated, and sad. Like those are the very surface terms that you describe your feelings with. I think one of the biggest freedom that I've I managed to have right now compared to before is actually my ability to describe my emotions, to label it and labeling the emotions and the ability to point out the core reason for feeling the way that I feel right now. Oh my God, that's actually your freedom. That is what we call emotional literacy. And this is something that people in Southeast Asia are lacking in, especially when they were younger. And I would say that if I were to have access to all this knowledge when I was younger, it would make 
things so much more easier. What is an example you can give, you know, in terms of labeling your emotions? This is the one example that I can think of right now. So when you see your mom crying, and then you know that your mom is crying because of a skin condition, and you don't really understand why. Like right now, if I look back, like why was it so damaging for me to see my mom cry because of my condition? I was feeling a lot of pain back then, a lot of sadness, a lot of pain. But the core reason why it was so painful for the whole family to deal with this situation is because of societal shame. My daughter is not worthy because my daughter doesn't have perfect skin. So if we are able to understand people's perspective from the cultural and also societal upbringing, that would actually enable us to draw boundaries for ourselves. Because what you believe in is not what I believe in. Just because you think that I'm not worthy doesn't mean that I think I'm not worthy, even though you are my mother. And my mother has the responsibility to process all these thoughts for herself. My mom is also a very anxious person. And being around her makes me a lot more anxious. And the fact that like my skin condition is still on my skin right now, sometimes it makes me feel like a failure. Mm. So I think because of that, there was a lot of communications required. There was a lot of awareness and also understanding and also education that needed to be done both for myself and also for my mother as well. So I took the initiative to educate myself, to build all this sense of self and also all this awareness for myself, build all this like emotional literacy so that I can, I can get out of this, this area that I was so easily triggered by the people around me. Mm. And being able to point out the reason why, it really, really makes things clearer for me. And that I don't have to take things so personally. Because more often than not, what people say, what people think, it shows us about their own experience and their own reality instead of us. And because of that, I'm able to not take things personally. Most of the time when people come across as like offensive or like, don't know where their place is it's really because they are reacting from the space of fear and we always are fearful of things that we don't understand i mean what people don't realize about this is when you are coming from a space of fear sometimes it can be really hurtful especially when you're dealing with people who are more vulnerable i'm not vulnerable anymore i'm i can protect myself but what if you're talking to a 14 year old rocky that would hurt a lot. I think that also is the big part of reason why I want to raise awareness for psoriasis. I was thinking like 14-year-old, if a 14-year-old Rocky were to see these kind of images on social media when she was 14, that would make things a lot easier for her. And so Rocky, during any life-changing event, there will always come a moment when the fog of the crisis temporarily clears and then you realize with certainty that things will never be the same again. And for you, that was when you finally decided to post a naked photo of yourself that revealed the parts of your skin that you've always been trying to cover up. And this happened in April 2018. It has been quite a number of years now. And that eventually led to the birth of Project Naked. Can you share with us what was going through your mind and all the range of emotions that you were experiencing when you finally decided to open up to the world about psoriasis and the secret and double life that you've been keeping to yourself for almost 10 years? I think at that point of time, my skin was at its worst, literally. 
And I think I was just really, really sick of living this hidden life. I just wanted to be truthful. I think this is also my core value in terms of how I live my life. I've always been very truthful with the people around me and myself. And the fact that I had to hide this part of me, that really makes a huge part of me, you know. My psoriasis life is basically 90% of my life. And if you don't know my psoriasis journey, means also you don't know me. And I just wanted to be truthful. I just wanted to live authentically, truthfully. And I just wanted to be myself. That was basically it. And yeah, it was a very, very challenging obstacle for me to go through. But mainly it's because I just needed to get over myself. That's it, you know? Like even though it is just getting over myself, this very simple term, it means so many different meanings for so many people because we live different experiences. But for me, it's really to just get over myself, getting over my own ego, getting over who I think I should be or who I was in other people's eyes. So tell us a little bit more about Project Naked. Project Naked was a awareness campaign that I executed on social media back in June 2018. It was a 24 days campaign where I share about my own personal journey struggling with psoriasis for the past decade basically and wow I mean I didn't expect it to go so well but because of that sharing I actually had a lot of like local newspaper those magazines and interviews approaching me and because of that the outreach of the campaign was very successful and I think one of the reasons why was because at a point of time nobody was talking about skin condition in Southeast Asia nobody was doing it and because we were still dealing with a lot of shame right a lot of judgment and yeah, it was very shocking. I think my sharing was very raw as well. I think like not, normally people don't share about the feelings. How do you feel struggling with a skin condition? And like talking about emotions, talking about skin condition and showing the images of skin condition so vulnerably and so openly. I think that was the reason why it kind of went viral. What scared you about letting the world sort of know your secret? I think... Because for many years, in my mind, what I was thinking was that people wouldn't accept me if they knew that I have a skin condition. Like when I was younger, my skin condition wasn't as bad as it is right now. But I was really covering up myself and like just a small dot on my skin. I would just, I, I would feel so anxious because of that. And yeah, I just was really, really worried that people wouldn't love me. People wouldn't accept me because I have skin condition. And people wouldn't fall in love with me because of skin condition. Because, yeah, I was single back then. I was dealing a lot of unworthiness. I think you really came a long way, Rocky. You know, like you've came one step further and you're right now. You are the psoriasis advocate. You empower women who are going through different skin conditions. And the fact that you've created a whole platform for people to come together and talk about What's it like to go through it? And you're also helping them through various initiatives that we will talk about throughout the conversation. And it really takes a tremendous amount of bravery and willingness to be vulnerable, right? To show the raw photos um, of yourself. That does take a lot, a lot of courage. So really kudos um, to that. But 
What are some of the biggest realizations or learnings that you discovered when you took on this courageous act of advocating for your fellow psoriasis warriors and to even just create this whole community? Initially, I did it for myself. Project Naked was a project I did for myself. But the courage that I managed to master for me to be myself showed that like, it, it gave permission for other people to be themselves as well. And because of that, a lot of people came up to me like on social media. They sent me a lot of DMs telling me, um, sharing me with their gratitude. They, they always say like, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing your story. Because of you, I, I know that I can live a life um, with psoriasis happily because of you. Like it's my images and my story started opening up a lot of possibilities for people to just be themselves and live their life. And that, that was when I realized I'm actually speaking on behalf of the whole community. Because of that, it was just a very natural responsibility for me to take on. At a point of time, until even until now, when I express myself, when I write captions on Instagram, it's always very intentional. It is always very purposeful. And I think the theme of my whole social media is really coming home to yourselves and owning your own existence. And I think because of that, honestly gave me a purpose to cling on to. Because sometimes I do feel like I want to give up as well. So my community kept me going. And it's a very good relationship. <laughs> One of the beauties of community building is that you recognize that you are not alone and that there's so many, I'm, I'm sure it must have shocked you at the, the number of people that are going through the same thing, but nobody dares to be that first person that stands up and puts themselves out there, be vulnerable, be authentic. And, and you were that one courageous person who took that step. And then now you are representing and speaking on behalf of them because you also recognize that you found the courage within yourself that to be honest, not many people might have. It's funny when you say that because it makes me remember this memory. There was this picture of my leg that I posted up on social media. And it was just my leg with psoriasis. And people were like, oh my God, like a leg with skin condition. Because people will only show their legs when their legs look perfect, right? And a lot of people were like, oh my God, my leg looked like that. Thank you. Thank you for posting it up because my legs look like that. Messages like that makes me realize how important it is to have this visual representation on social media. Because it is a space where it can just do so much damage but it can also build people up in so many ways just from posting up images that are relatable, that normalizes normal things. The work that you do, the message that you put forth on social media, it doesn't only empower people who are you know, going through skin conditions and psoriasis, but it also creates a lot of awareness for those of us who might not be aware of the struggles of what it's like to have psoriasis and to also be able to see on the other side what that really looks like. So I think it's really good that you have actually created that avenue to normalize conversations and to create like visual awareness as difficult as you know that would be. Thank you. So Rocky, what was it like when you had to confront your own insecurities as you grappled with the societal standards of beauty and when you also recognized that this battle is beyond skin deep? It was really all about letting everything go, like honestly starting from zero. Because when I was younger, I grew up in an environment where it was incredibly competitive, like educational-wise. So 
we were educated in an environment with the expectation of getting a very good job for ourselves, you know, um, setting an example in the corporate setting or any kind of setting. Yeah, you were expected to be the role model. You were expected to be the leader for whatever that you choose to embark on. And because of that, I think I've always had a lot of pride in my ability, getting things done, being a leader, performing well in school, getting known by people as, you know, such a person. And at the age of 26, right, 25, when I started the project, I lost everything because when at a, at a part of time, I just graduated, I was supposed to get a job. But my skin condition was so bad that I couldn't even, I couldn't even do anything. To be honest, I was really depressed, and I lost my ability to earn. I lost my ability to be the person that society see as worthy, like a person who looks good, a person who's healthy, a person who has the capability to earn a lot of money, a person who is wanted by the opposite sex. Like all these things are things that people see as worthy for a girl, for a woman in Kuala Lumpur at the very least. <laughs> so I lost all of that. How I deal with my insecurity is I started to know myself from zero, start to build up myself again, start to find out what are the values that I live by, what are the values that I can provide for my community, and how could I help other people to live an easier life in whichever way that I can. And also knowing myself, knowing my own weaknesses and strength, and also understanding that no matter what we are dealing with and no matter who we are dealing with, like people around us, every one of us are actually dealing with insecurity or dealing with challenges that we, we don't talk about, struggles that we don't really share in public. And knowing that makes me understand that everybody is really on our own path and that there is absolutely no need for comparison and just focus on my own path and live my life. It's, it's hard, you know, because all my friends, they are all high achievers and they inspire me so much. But in the beginning, I can't deny the fact that it stresses me out. Like seeing my friends, they were sprinting in their life. They were like getting promotions, graduating from master's going overseas, you know, I was, I was just there sick and pain and cry every day. It's been such a journey. I mean, you've had to obviously go through your own version of self-actualization, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we want to also talk to you about beauty from the time you were 14, discovering your psoriasis diagnosis to creating the safe space, advocating for fellow psoriasis warriors. What has this whole journey of finding strength, reclaiming your confidence, self-love and self-acceptance taught you about beauty? Beauty is such a funny topic. I think it's quite difficult for me to talk about it. Beauty is, of course, skin deep. Beauty is what you have in your mind, what you stand for, the values you live by. Beauty is when you are placed in a situation where you needed to make difficult decisions and that beauty is when that person choose to stick by their own principles and values and live a life of integrity. So that's what I believe is beauty. Oh, beauty is also honesty and courage. Honesty actually is a very core values that I live by. 
And I think that's evident through your social media sharings because every piece of content that you put out there really is a part of you because you approach it with such vulnerability and courage and authenticity. So even as you talk about what your values are, I think it definitely shows through your postings because that's what people see through you and that's how you connect with others as well. I think in a place where social media is always showing all our highlight reels of life, it's definitely a breath of fresh air because you put in all the honest and real pieces about you and your life and, and your struggles, which is something that a lot of people, those are the parts that people intentionally hide because social media is where you want others to see that you're living your best life. I also believe that 2021 towards the end of the year was tremendously challenging for you. And that's also when you experience the worst of your psoriasis flare-ups. Would you like to share with our listeners a little bit more about that, if that's okay? Wow, that was really painful. I had my worst flare-up in December 2021. <laughs> I think the way that I was able to describe my experience show my growth over the years, like my ability to label the emotions and how I was currently feeling at that point of time. And the biggest difference that I honestly felt at a point of time is that I truly understand whatever it is, everything is really just a phase. And I was very aware of the fact that this flare-up is just going to be a phase. And I think that gave me a lot of strength to go through. And luckily, my recovery was very, very fast. Like I didn't even expect it to be that fast because I was actually preparing to go through this recovery for at least three, four months. But somehow the universe aligned and the trip to Langkawi happened. And because of that trip, my skin healed so fast because of the seawater. And yeah, I was very lucky, honestly, very lucky. So right now I'm looking to pl for places to move to, to live by the beach. <laughs> Can you share with us, how did you prioritize your mental health during that time? Mm, I think at that point of time, how I prioritized my mental health was that I stopped denying how I feel. And I was very honest about the whole healing journey. And at one point, I was honestly dealing with suicidal thoughts. Like, I didn't want to kill myself, but the thought of me wanting to end everything just by cutting myself, it was very strong at that point of time. Doesn't mean that I wanted to do it, but the thought of it gave me a little bit of comfort. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for so many years, I've never had that thought. So it only showed me how painful I was at that point of time. But yeah, I stopped denying how I feel. I allowed myself to cry, allowed myself to express, allowed myself to ask for help allowed my friends to come and support me and allow myself to draw boundaries with people who hurt me or people who make me feel uncomfortable and allow myself to totally be with the moment and to feel it all. I think that was very, very helpful. And the fact that I don't deny it anymore. I don't deny my own experience anymore. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rocky. It's such a vulnerable experience to share. So we're really grateful for that. How did you come out from um, having those suicidal thoughts to ultimately having the awareness of, you know, being okay to ask for help and, you know, learning to draw boundaries? What was it in between that kind of helped you um, shift your perspective? I think it's, it's really understanding that no matter what you go through, you're still worthy. Mm. You know, like even at your worst, you are still deserving of love. 
And love comes in so many languages. It comes in so many forms. And love comes with a phone call from a friend. Love comes with, I don't know, a text from a friend or like somebody come to your house, clean your house for you, <laughs> buy you food, literally stay with you for a few days. All these are love, you know? And it really only showed me how much, like how loved I was and I am, honestly. Like even at my worst, that's actually the biggest takeaway. And that happened because of, the fact that I allow love to be in my life also because deep down inside, I believe that I'm worthy. And to be present to that is very nourishing, nourished by the love from the people around me. Like one of my best friends prepared a vegan fine dining experience for me. And where else the other people, they had their normal food. I was like, well, wow, somebody would do that for me. My future husband better do that for me he better be listening to this episode then (laughs) (laughs) we'll make sure of it (laughs) but yeah and I think when it comes to acceptance I think my whole therapy experience I don't know somehow it just made me totally accepted my past because sometimes you look at other people and you would think to yourself oh such a good life that she's living I want to be her And it's so hard for people with chronic condition because when you look at someone with perfect health and then like, I remember there was a day I was on Instagram. I was just looking at this girl's profile. Nothing bad about that girl, by the way. It's really like, oh my God, like I was thinking if I were to be healthy, I would live a life like her. Exactly. That was a life that I wanted for myself. And then at a point of time, I realized, oh my God, it is actually not jealousy. I'm not jealous of the girl. I was really grieving for the life that I could have had for myself. So I think I'm still processing it now. I'm not saying that I'm over it. I think it was a lot to process because I've wanted this since I was younger. It was like my dream. But I don't know. I think this whole fed up thing really shed off part of my huge ego and my identity that I thought that I should have for myself. And that like the pain was just so humbling that Fine, I surrender and I accept like whatever it is. I mean, my life is pretty awesome, right? I, I, I completely accept this. And when that happened, oh my God, it was as if like I managed to shed off this heavy load off my shoulder and it felt so amazing. And I know that it's a process, but I think it just showed me or maybe people that are listening to this podcast right now is that the grass is always greener where you water it. Lah. Yeah. The grass is never going to be greener on the other side. Because if you focus there, you put your focus there, then you neglect your own lawn. Yeah, I think it's important that we focus on our own garden, you know, channel all that energy into making our garden as beautiful as possible. And yeah, Rocky, you know, you talked a lot about the role of supportive friends, creating like a vegetarian menu. You set the bar pretty high, gotta say. (laughs) My friends, not me. Yeah, I didn't even expect that to happen. <laughs> totally spot the market. But we do want to, you know, speak to you a little bit more about the role of friends and family through the journey of, of yours and how they have played a role in supporting you. So if you can share a little bit more about for friends or family of those who are living with psoriasis of or those who are suffering from a chronic condition, how would you advise um, them to best support people who are suffering through skin conditions? What are some good actionable ways that we can implement and practice? 
actually a lot to talk about when it comes to this. But <laughs> if I were to simplify it, to it's really just to always ask and don't do things with expectation because when your loved one is in pain, the most damaging thing that you can do is to assume whatever that you're giving, you're expecting the person to act a certain way or to give back a certain way. That is very, very damaging. Always, always ask, you know, how do you feel right now? Always check in from a very respectful place. Always ask, how are you doing? And what do you need? Do you need a listening ear? Or do you need somebody to be with you? Do you need someone to buy you food? Do you need somebody to feed your dog? That's it. And yeah, I had that when I was in pain. And I'm very, very grateful. I had my friend coming over to my place to drive me to see doctor, drive me for treatments, waited for me an hour in the clinic while I was doing my treatment. Man, I'm so loved. <laughs> Not showing off, just happy. <laughs> I yeah. think your, your friends definitely need to be tuning into this episode so that they can listen to you, appreciate them. I'm sure you do that already. But And they have definitely gone the extra mile and put on their creative hats when it comes to you know demonstrating love. I think you speak about it because love can be demonstrated in so many ways. And for them, it was definitely in, in actions and in ways that you didn't expect or didn't even ask for. I think the fact that they thought for you and on behalf of you really showed how they they love you and support you, Rocky. Yeah, and I'm very, very grateful because of that. All right, so as we are coming towards the end of the episode, Rocky, we would like to ask you a surprise question. And this is a question that we like to ask our guests. It wasn't part of the script, but we want to know, what's the one thing that you wish people ask you more of? Oh, that's a very hard question. <laughs> that's actually a very hard question. I think... I would want people to ask me, what can you eat? Because <laughs> even sometimes when I was invited to like certain speaking engagement, I was there with an empty stomach. Like I would be very hungry there because like they didn't ask me what's my dietary requirements. You know, on that note, you do also have a venture on holistic nutrition coaching as well, right? Oh, yeah. You want to yeah. tell our listeners a bit about that? Oh, sure. So I created a platform last year in 2021. It's called So Good, P-S-O-G-O-O-D. Um, it's basically a coaching program that I curated for people with skin condition that people who aim to adjust their um, diet and lifestyle and most importantly, their mindset in terms of living with a chronic condition. Because what I want people to understand, because, like if one person, like if you, whoever that is listening right now, if you want to adjust your diet and lifestyle, there are plenty of informations out there. So the coaching program is really to dive a little bit deeper about our relationship with our chronic condition. Are we using our chronic condition as a shield or are we using it to live a expected life? Or are you just afraid to deal with changes? Of course, I'm talking about chronic condition that is to one extent is within our control by lifestyle and diet change. How do we manage our emotions? How do we adjust our mindset so that we can live this life healthily and sustainably and not to let our emotions and our mindset rule our life and our health? And what is one thing that you love and appreciate about yourself? Empathy, I guess. My ability to empathize. It can be a double-edged sword, but... I think I'm managing it pretty well. 
for our guests who are interested to connect with you or to learn more from you, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram or my Facebook page. Uh, my name is Rocky, R-O-C-Y-I-E, W-O-N-G. So yeah, see you guys there. Look forward to connect with you guys. And so on that note, thank you so much, Rocky, for you know such an amazing conversation that we have had. It felt like time really flew by and we're so grateful for you for sharing about how you actually found purpose in your pain and you know I'm really inspired by how you really own your whole existence you know all that you are all the beauty the pain the perfections the imperfections you totally own it and you rock it what you said about not having the need for comparison easy as it may but to actually focus on our own path what you talked about vulnerability, you know, finding that power and vulnerability and where you actually managed to create a space for people to come together and be themselves. I think that was really powerful. And for those of us who are supporting friends and family who are going through psoriasis as well, I think it was great that you reminded us to always ask, check in respectfully and to do so without expectation. So I think all in all, that's a wrap on a conversation that we've had today. And we thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you both. If you've stuck around to the end of this episode, we want to say thank you for exploring with us. And if you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and most importantly, share this episode with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. So you can also connect with us on Instagram using the Instagram handle Explore This Podcast. A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E This Podcast. New episodes for Explore This drops every Monday at 8pm. See you then! Thank you.